on the Rebel Sports Network from Learfield. This is the Marcus Arroyo Show, brought to you by Fenley Chevrolet. Fenley Chevrolet is your home of the Woo, located on the 215 Beltway between Rainbow and Jones. And by Dos Equis, a proud sponsor of UNLV Athletics. Get a Dos. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. This is your home for the UNLV Rebels. Now, here are your hosts, Caleb Herring and the voice of the Rebels, Russ Langer. Marcus Arroyo Radio Show is back on a Wednesday. It's Steve Cofield in for Russ Langer. Caleb Herring is here, and of course, the coach is here, Marcus Arroyo. Coach, how you doing? Good. How you guys doing? We're good. We uh, we wonder what it's like when, and you know, Caleb and you uh, both played the game, but we wonder what it's like when you got momentum after week one, and then you kind of shut it down. It's a bye week. I know you didn't shut it down, but... What is it like after being all amped up and then you have to go into bye week mode? Yeah, a little bit different um, this early in the season. I haven't, I haven't had a bye this early in the season. Uh, a little bit different. We thought about it a lot heading into the heading into the season and training camp, how we kind of how we'd work through it after after week one. Um, but guys have done a good job. I think we uh, we played out the week as strong as we could, uh, working uh, a lot on scheme and a lot on uh, um, some some things that we get better from week one. So a little bit different, but guys did a nice job. Uh, maturity's uh, improved in regards to how we go to work uh, without a game on a Saturday. So I was excited about, about about our week. How much time do you give for the celebration? I mean, knowing that you have a bye week after a win like that, um, is there really more time or do you just get back to business as usual? It's the same blueprint no matter when the bye falls. Yeah, no, same blueprint. I, I, we don't we don't spend a whole time, a whole bunch of time celebrating that, especially in season. Caleb, we can do that, you know, afterwards, bowl games and stuff, man. That's that's a time to celebrate that stuff. I think, you know, we're in week one, man. There's still a lot of things to do. Again, we got a lot of new players. Uh, we finally have some game film. We got up, you know, like we've noted before, we got a ton of guys reps. Uh, they're new guys. We got to assess them, and and, uh, and then put our foot back on the gas and go to work. You touched on something that was, I think, interesting about this bye week in particular, being early in the season um, and really having to prepare for Cal. Does that change because of the bye week? Like, So Cal didn't play week zero. You didn't have very much game film on this year's Cal team. So during the bye week, the, the game plan may have been one thing. And then now that Cal's played a game, you got game film on them. Does the preparation change? You go back to the drawing board in that second week of preparation. Yeah, that's a good point. And if that's I think the, to lay it out there, basically you're going into it with basically what you think they did last year as you go into that Saturday and you, and, and you got a week of practice and haven't seen a play. So after we saw them play Davis, um, you know, we saw we saw we watched the games, obviously broke it down as we normally do and uh, made, made any adjustments that we saw, whether it be roster or scheme, whatever it may be. And then and then put forth a, a plan that, that hopefully is uh, not one you have to put in a whole new offense or defense for. I mean, that's 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 the nature of the beast is um, maybe some some tweaks here and there. But other than that, I mean, those guys have been together a long time uh, and, and they, they, they're going to run. They're going to run. They've made some subtle adjustments based on their personnel. And we've got to go in and, and, and do our best to, to manage it and make some adjustments that we need to in game. You touched on something, too, just a moment of levity. Were you able to get your head out of the sand, so to speak, to, to actually watch some college football with the bye week? I know, you know, it's not no no time off for you, really. But were you able to actually come up and, and kind of enjoy college football being back like the rest of us were? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I think that you watch it a little bit different when you're in our in our seat a little bit. You watch it as a coach. You don't get you, the fan appreciation piece. is kind of hard because you're watching scheme. You're watching um you're watching situational football i watch it more there's there's so much you can get on a weekend um as a teacher 
that I can, you know, it's really good to see all the football and the schemes and, and watch some of your cohorts coach and team up things. You're like, okay, you got some similar ideas. You know, guys that do some things similar to you, you watch them. But then to watch the country play football and watch early, early college football situational things come up that you can grab and teach off of, whether it be, you know, what we call shot to win and, and, and end of game plays where you go teams get in that final fourth quarter and they can, they can find ways and I can use that examples of, of a field goal to win or can use examples of, you know, the, the, a 63-61 game and, and all that stuff that comes down to it and 40 points in fourth quarter all looks real, <laughs> all real, looks real sexy. But, you know, that, there's some of those games, there's 12 penalties for like 150 yards and there's another game with 14 penalties for 100 yards and five turnovers. And I'm like, guys, it, it just, for us, it helps magnify the teach progression and, and what wins games because we get so caught up in who's playing who and to teach these guys it's not who we're where it's what it's what what wins games and so there's a ton of those examples and a whole stretch on a Saturday that I was like man I'm grabbing I'm taking pictures on my tv I'm 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 popping things on a powerpoint I'm like I'm pulling from anywhere man I mean for us that's the education of the game that's how you teach the game to me Marcus Arroyo radio show between uh you me Caleb and uh, an audience in Las Vegas can you tell us how, how much, when you're watching the game, how much do, say, Power 5 coaches or even coaches like in the case of a, a Fresno State going against a, a Cal Poly, how much do they actually hold back when they're going against an FCS opponent? I can't speak for everybody else. I mean, they're just – you go into each game, and, and I don't think – if you've been in this long enough, you, do, you don't take anybody lightly. Okay. Those are the games that come back to haunt you for the rest of your life. You, you go into those games swinging for the fence and trying to play your brand of football – um, I think sometimes even more often than not, you actually are so magnified in regards to letting guys not have a letdown that you, you, you hold their feet to the fire on a whole bunch of things that, 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 that strip down who you're playing um, and, and make them accountable for what wins. I think those are, those are really what you do is make sure they're not distracted. The guys aren't distracted by uh, what many would be believe is the, you know, the, the dial down or whatever. That, that's not the case. I think there's certain points of a game you may get into in the game and go, okay, you know, we're going to t- we're going to rest some guys or get some of the looks at guys and that may happen. But um, I can't speak for everybody else. We're going to try to win. If you're trying not to show certain things, I get that. But I think that takes that takes place in game, not so much as you are uh, preparing. In addition to you watching week one games around the country, I also saw you hit the local scene to go watch some high school football. Yeah, we did. We, we, I think I mentioned that press conference today. What, what is good about the, the buy is we got a chance to do – there was a bunch of – the guys did some team building stuff. I mean, there's a bunch of guys around here in the community that went out, whether they went out for their dinners or NIL dinners. It was cool to get guys to, to kind of get around and, and have some time together and bond. Uh, I got to get it. We got to get on the road and recruit. All our coaches were out um, in several different states and, and in the city. I was at a home game here watching some guys, which was awesome, with some of our coaches um, getting around. We went to – I took the whole team to the volleyball game. Um, on Saturday, I saw Don's championship squad get after it. So that was cool. Um, yeah, I didn't, I mean, just all that stuff is, is what you can get done. I mean, shoot, like, like Kayla mentioned, shoot, I actually got to see the sun, the sunset, have some dinner too. It was pretty cool. Very nice. Uh, this part of the Marcus Royer radio show is brought to you by SNWA. Hey, Rebel fans, Lake Mead is at historic lows. So you got to change your watering clock to the three assigned days per week this month through October. It's the law. Find your fall mandatory watering days at snwa.com so you mentioned the bye week there's some things that come up you know obviously getting out in the community and and going to the volleyball game is great for this university but along those lines school also started uh this Mm -hmm. last week is there an advantage there's it's a transition i know to get back to the student part of being an athlete and at a university is there an advantage do you think having that fall on a bye week where the 
you guys can get acclimated to the classroom scene? Yeah, I mean, that's the first time that's actually happened. I mean, I've been in quarter systems sometimes where, you know, you, like the last place we're at in Oregon, you don't, you get four games till school's in. It's crazy. It's like being in an, it's like being in the NFL where there, there's no distractions. You get four, four, four weeks of a, you get camp and four weeks of games. This one was a, very similar because now it's a bye week and guys get to kind of go to school and, and, uh, and, and just focus on getting to class on time and being right and, and getting organized because, Again, time management's an important deal for these guys, man. They're 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 working all day, every day, from out, you know, sun up to sun down in regards to just being where they need to be on time and so on and so forth. So it was nice for these guys to be able to start school off and 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 have focus on a, on just that and that organization. Um, and rather than just opponent, it was nice. It was cool. It's the Marcus Herrera Radio Show here on this Wednesday. Caleb Herring, Steve Cofield in for Russ Langer. The coach is here with us as well. We're going to step aside for a couple of minutes, and on the way back, we had a chance to. Uh, have conversations with uh, defense coordinator Keith Hayward. That's coming up in about 20 minutes. But up next, Amani Trig Wright, one of the really good stories on this team, playing the right guard. And we'll ask him how he did in that Idaho State game. He was a very hard grader of the offensive line. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. The Marcus Arroyo radio show rolls on. Russ Langer is out. Steve Cofield in. Caleb Herring, the coach, is here as well. It's brought to you by Pueblo Medical Imaging. The friendly staff at Pueblo Medical Imaging is eager to take care of all of your radiology needs and offers same-day, next-day availability with top-of-the-line, state-of-the-art equipment. They're open seven days a week with early morning and evening appointments to accommodate all patient schedules. So we had a chance to uh, talk to some of the players this week, and one of them, Coach, was Amani Trigg Wright. We'll get your comments after this uh, short clip of the interview because it was, it was pretty long, and Amani uh, Trigg Wright wants to get into the uh, media. He's a journalism studies guy, so uh, he can he has a gift of gab, and he was pretty tough on himself. I, I asked him uh, starting off the interview about looking back at the film and the performance in the Idaho State game by him and the offensive line. Honestly, as an offensive line, we didn't play to our expectations. I believe we could have played a lot better. Uh, we've known this coming into spring, coming into fall camp, that we were going to be really good and that we could execute at a high level. Uh, I don't believe we executed at a high enough level against Idaho State. Uh, for me, I don't believe I played well enough either. Uh, we were lucky enough to get the win. I won't say lucky because we earned that win, but uh, coming into Cal, you know, a bit higher competition and going into the rest of the season, we have to execute and have to play on the string and be consistent. What did you see on film that was good? That's tough. Our communication was really well. Our technique was all right. Um, but I don't think anybody ever plays their best football week one. Um, there were some really good things that we saw, um, but there was a lot of things that we have to tune and touch up uh, as far as, like, technique was the biggest thing. Um, but we were able, you know, to sustain and do what we had to do. But, you know, following the weeks, you know, we have to get better. Was there a play where uh, Logan got down the field a little bit ahead of a, a run? Yeah, no, we always make fun of uh, B-Lo. We call him Brandon Logan. We always call him. We always make fun of him how he runs. But, man, that was a hell of a play, hell of an effort play by B-Lo getting down there and springing that, springing that run for Courtney Reese to, to, you know, energize our team. And, you know, I think that, that drive right there led to a touchdown, if I'm not wrong. So, yeah, that was, that was beautiful to see B-Lo and get down there and run and, you know, scared of safeties a little bit. Mike Shirk right is with us, one of the uh, UNLV offensive linemen. Let's talk about the running backs. So they're, they're all a little bit different. Uh, Robbins, Reese expected to play, and then Jordan Young Humphrey goes in. He was rumbling. So talk about the three the three running backs, and they all bring something a little bit different. Yeah, man, that's a three-headed monster right there. Like you said, you got Aiden right there and uh, number nine. Uh, he's, he's a power back, but he's able to run past you as well. And, you know, Re recording Reese, he's a, he's a fast guy, real shifty. You can't miss him, you know what I mean? Like, you can't blink. You have to you have to be able to tackle him. And then you got Jordan Humphrey coming in. And, and that was the first time I've ever seen him actually play live. And playing with him on the field, he was running through people's face. 
And uh, that's something that we need, you know, because we're a downhill team. Him bringing that kind of intensity late in that game was, was good for us. So we have a good good uh, trio right there of running backs. Let's talk about your ascent to starting offensive linemen. So it happens, you know, a little bit in the last year where you get starting spot and it's consistent the rest of the way. But let's go back. I mean, there were some times where, you know, you weren't playing a whole lot. You go back to 2020, the COVID year. I don't think you played at all yeah. that year. I don't know if you, you know, you were one of the guys who struggled with whatever was going on off the field in terms of COVID stuff. But for you, you know, what's this ascent been like? I mean, obviously hard work pays off. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been here since 2018, didn't play until last year, like you said. So the biggest adjustment for me was uh, honestly just flipping the switch and stop being lazy. Like, that's the hard, honest truth. I was lazy. I wasn't doing what I had to do. And then there was just a time where, I, you know, a couple of my teammates were living me. They helped me flip that switch. And uh, I was able to get the opportunity last year. Thank you to Coach Woods and Julio Garcia, who was here just previously left. But, uh, yeah, I mean, coming into this year, I knew that we were going to have some competition. I knew that, you know, this was going to be something I, you know, Coach 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 Roy always says, you know, once you get to the top, it's harder to stay there. So that was my mindset coming in. You know, I'm there now. I've reached what I want to reach, but now I have to stay there and also get better. Coach, let's break down that interview with uh, Amani Trigg, right? Uh, towards the end, um, I'm sure it's good for you to hear that players can self-assess. And Amani just thought, hey, through 2020, he just wasn't doing enough personally to make himself the best player possible. Well, I, I mean, it says a lot about him, first of all. Um, I don't want to I don't want to pretend that has anything to do with the fact that, that he's matured and he's, he's – uh, he obviously portrayed there some humility and some grace and some grit to be able to put himself in position. I got my hats off to Monty the way he's he's uh, he's progressed through our program. Um, I think it also says a lot about you know the reality of of when we got here and, and how how much hard work these guys have put in and what we've had to get done. You know, and, and teaching what kind of effort, discipline, and, and commitment, and kind of toughness it takes to put yourself in position to have a chance to win. You, you can't be. Uh, they can't be lazy to line number one. I, you just you're stuck in it, man. That's that's the most violent area of the trenches there is. It's just it's just hard. And so uh, he's put himself in great shape, man. It was good to hear some of those things he was talking about. I was going to say about the offensive line. That's a special group. Every everybody that's played the game understands that for some reason the O line separates himself as as a unit. Is it a characteristic that you think is more important through the positions for Amani to have it and the other O linemen to have it, where they kind of self-assess constantly and are constantly critiquing themselves because that's the nature of that position well yeah you'd want that from everybody i think we're all i think we all have the ability to to be hopefully self-critical in regards to making ourselves better i think it's 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 the matter of of uh are they able to do it and, and lose their ego around each other and be able to come bounce bounce back from something they don't like and be able to create standards for themselves and be player-led in that regard i mean i think the o-line and d-line here that they've accepted the responsibility that that i put on them as a team that, that the best teams i've been on have been strong on both those fronts and I think the other thing that we make sure that we make a really, really strong point of here is the fact that I tell them that all the time and I call them out all the time because they don't get a lot of re- they don't get enough recognition in the world we live in. They're just not there's not stats included as much in there as there is. There's sacks and things like that and quarterback pressures, but they're not they're not they're not they're not the top of the page. Right. I mean, they're not the headlines. And so. I kind of create a, a, an atmosphere where those guys know they're not they're not not being watched. Their, their job and their responsibility to our team and what we expect of them and what I think of them is magnified. And I want them to know that. And I want that responsibility to be theirs because when you're good in the, in the trenches, man, you got, you got a real chance. It's hard to be a good football team if you're not good on offensive defensive line. And, and uh, to hear some of the things, him reiterate some of the communication things and technique and effort, I think the matter of consistency is where we're, where we're headed towards. And then the standard that, that he talked about in regards to what they expect, that's all good stuff, man. And, and that's why I'm excited about, about the work and the progress. I was going to ask you, did you agree with his assessment of the game? I mean, like he, he was pretty tough on himself and on the unit as a whole, but 
is that something that's necessary like for him to cr- critique the group's performance that much do you agree with kind of his assessment of where the expectation should be yeah i mean there's a little bit of, there's a little bit there in regards to him not being maybe happy with not being perfect and i'm okay with that um i, I think they played well i think they're improved um, I do think that they, they did some things uh, that were really good in, in pass protection in regards to communication, especially with the adjustments we had to make in-game, not knowing much about those guys. And it'll come again this week. Um, you know, there's a lot of, lot of different things that Cal threw at you protection-wise, and we got to be on top of our stuff. Uh, but I do think they played well. I think they're improved. Uh, I think they care a lot at the style of play that they want to play with. I'm excited about. And, um, and I think there's a, there's a ton of growth that's going to happen over the next, you know, 10, 11 weeks, which is awesome. And talking about the communication, obviously with the pass protection, especially communicating with the quarterback is a big deal. Talking about your quarterback, Doug coming off of a really big game to open the season up, how has his preparation, do you think, psychologically changed going into this game compared to last week or last week, last time out where he wasn't the number one on the depth chart? Do you think there's any psychological change to his preparation? No, I can say that unequivocally because I'm in that room and I, we don't allow that. There's just no way at that there's not a switch man there's no magic pill you're not going to like cycle at this position think you're going to you know satisfy a, a, a you know a, a, a middle of the road psyche or mental preparation to be and all of a sudden get thrown in a game and, and think you're going to have success that's just not we we're not about that life i think that he's he's done a good job of putting himself mentally in a position he knows he can be challenged every day and we challenge him every day in the meetings I challenge him every day in warm-ups. I challenge him every day individual. I challenge him every day in two-minute today and post-practice and the meetings we'll have tonight. Uh, when we're when we're on in the quarterback room, it is full tilt boogie, and that that is done so that our our psychological endurance is ready for 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 showtime. So I I missed the quarterback room. I missed the film sessions. Um, how, how much has changed? I guess since back in the day, I know there was a way that film was broken down by you know down and distance percentage and and all that kind of stuff. But if you could give us a sneak preview, I guess, into the quarterback room as it is today. Um, you, you talked about how intense it is. How is it breaking down film these days compared to, you know, days of old, I guess, is what, is what it comes down to. <laughs> well, it, it, for the players, they don't – the players wouldn't know. As a coach, it's different. I mean, you don't have to – it's old when the old old time old time it was even worse before me it was had to go down the original tape and literally cut the tape and tape it up and do hang it on the wall and all that other for those horror stories about you know it's back when you used to hear about i'd walk you know walking to school uphill both ways type stuff you know but the digital process for film nowadays is is is, it's comprehensive i mean there is a ton of film uh there's a ton of breakdowns with it i mean the video coordinator jobs that that guys have to do at our level now are very comprehensive. Quarterbacks are inundated with a film sheet every week um, that has a daily checklist on it in regards to how they watch film. I think teaching guys how to watch film is probably one one of the most um, under-talked and under-taught uh, things that happen behind the scenes in regards to how to watch how to watch a game as a player versus how to watch it as a fan. And you've actually got to teach them to not watch it as a fan, like the process of watching uh, a cut up as opposed to a game. And, and, and there's a certain process to teaching that that we go about and how to, how to see things and watching situation cutups, watching first down, watching by formation, watching by personnel. I mean, it, it's when you get, when you get down to that type of science, the game becomes uh, much easier to kind of compartmentalize and see things. 
I think it's funny that you say that because I think I haven't turned that off yet in my post career days. Like, so I'm the worst person to watch football with. My wife tells me this all the time. She's like, can you just watch? Can you just enjoy the game? I'm like, no, I, I got to tell you who busted the assignment here because that's how I watch it or what I think is coming based on the situations. Yeah. Yeah, it is, man. I think it's it's probably like that with anybody who spends a ton of time in the profession. I don't want to just say live in a be myopic and say it's football players. I mean, you guys do your job and you're watching, I'm sure, you know, analysts talk about TV or radio and you're you're breaking down how they're doing it and, and obviously critiquing them or you're, you know, I'm, my brother's a restaurateur and I'm walking, I'm at a restaurant. I, he can't help but like look at the silverware and the napkins and so I'm like, what are you doing, man? Just enjoy the I'm talking about the lighting or the music. I'm like, what the hell? Try the fish, dude. Yeah, it gets hard, man. You get you get you get dialed in and it's it, it is. It 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 can't I'm not I'm not a very good fan either. Um, you know, I I, I tell you it's it's hard to do. Marcus Warrior Radio Show is brought to you by EOS. Up your gym game at EOS Fitness, a proud partner of UNLV. Join today for as low as $9.99 per month. Go visit online or join at joineos.com. It's EOS Fitness, better gym, better price. On the way back, we're going to get into dealing with the transfer portal when it comes to prepping for other teams. And obviously, from Purdue, Cal's got a key guy at quarterback in Jack Plummer. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. Rolling on, Marcus Arroyo, radio show. The coach is with us. It's Steve Cofield in for Russ Langer. Caleb Herring is here as well. I know Caleb wanted to get into the transfer portal. Go ahead, Caleb. Fire away about prepping for these games. I was watching college football on Saturday, um, and I just kept hearing from the transfer portal, transfer from such and such, and it just – I got the thing. Like, it's it's got to affect – the way you prepare for a team. I mean, you might have certain tendencies um, that you have on a player established at a, at a location, but now he's all of a sudden popped up on a team. And you didn't know nothing about this guy. Does does the transfer portal have an impact in that way? Maybe one of the the, un, the, the things we didn't think about with the transfer portal is how it's going to affect game planning and preparing for your opponent. Uh, yeah, I mean, it for sure it does. I mean, obviously, if you get especially at at, at prior priority positions such as like quarterback, I mean, if you haven't seen a guy play. Then you got to go back and see if there's any, you know, any film from the last place he's at to see how, you know, does he is he able to move his feet or how dynamic he is with his arms, so on and so forth. But throws he can and can't make. Uh, has he dealt with protection? All that other stuff, and you got to kind of just wing it um, in regard if you don't know much. So it definitely does. I mean, use us as an example. You got 30 new guys. I mean, you know, we're watching a whole new team in, in some phases, um, and so yeah, for sure, it's absolutely part of you know, like I said, the free agency of the world where you, you know. You got some guys that are joining your ball club, and guys have no idea what they're like yet, and it changed the face, the complexity of, of your offense, defense, special teams. Marcus Warrior Radio Show is brought to you by Yes Heating and Cooling. Summer winding down, which means UNLV football is back as the uh, Rebels are getting ready for game two. It's just about time to fire up the furnace on your home. If your heating system is going to have trouble coming out of its summer hibernation, give the Yes Man a call to get your system tuned up and ready for football season call 702-888-4937 that's yes air conditioning and plumbing on the web the yesmancan.com to set up an appointment today so coach i had a chance to talk to your defensive coordinator keith hayward and we got into a lot of things including their uh, young running back and uh, jack Plummer. but started off the conversation by asking keith hayward about the term violent defensive players on the uh, rebels defense talking about being violent, here's the initial reaction from Keith Hayward. 
The game is violent, but I use it more just be physical, tough. You know, we always talk about um, our effort, our discipline, and our toughness, um, and our commitment to the game. But yeah, they 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 describe that as violent. We got to be more physical, you know, and, um, and, and mentally tough and physically tough. So that's where I I, I think made me getting some of that. Uh, Lel. Emory was in front of us uh, last week at the press conference, and he kind of he paused for a second. He was talking about you, and he's like, he's like, Coach Hayward can be a little violent, but I think he meant it from you know the in-your-face approach of being on top of the guys, trying to teach them all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Um you know, with the culture that we have here as far as teaching, I want to make sure that the guys feel me and understand how important all the little things are, the details um, when it comes to our eyes, our feet, our hand placement, and in doing our job, we always talk about our 111. So, and, you know, I'm right there on their back every time when it comes to the little details because sometimes the little details, if you don't do them, they can catch up to you. So you're going against an experienced quarterback here. He's a transfer, so he's new to the program, but Jack Plummer's a guy who played a good amount of football in the Big Ten. In, try, in terms of trying to create chaos uh, against a guy like that, is it different with a, an inexperienced quarterback versus an experienced quarterback? You know, I know Jack, yes, and, and uh, met him just before I left there and, and stuff. And, uh, you know, to be honest, um, it's about what we do. It's never going to be about the opponent, um, you know, and obviously some, some guys will be more experienced than others, but um, it's always about what we do and how we play and execute the calls that, you know, come out. You can do a lot on defense to disguise things, create chaos by movement. So Caleb was uh, wanting to ask, can you teach that to guys, or is it sort of an innate skill that guys have in terms of you know knowing when to move and disguise things? I think it's all in what you emphasize. You know, it's all in what you emphasize. We emphasize, you know, tackling, and we emphasize getting takeaways. Those are the things that we emphasize. So if it be that movement, be one of those things, or um, you know the, the pursuit, which our pursuit has been great. It's all about what you emphasize and what, the, what you do for the players there, and the players are going to give it to you. Our kids are great. Uh, as far as being wanting to give us exactly what we asked for. So it's all about what you emphasize. You mentioned having some familiarity with Plummer. Uh, I believe you were on the staff when they got the commit from Jay Knott. And now you get a, a college game on film. He came out and had a hell of a game. Oh, yeah. Jay Knott was, you know, a really, really good player. I remember him even going back to Oregon when he was committed there for a little bit. I was there, too. But um, he's a fantastic running back. Um, you know, running inside, outside, and, you know, he caught a ball out of the backfield for a touchdown. Um, you know, Cal and, and Coach Musgrave and Coach Wilcox, they're going to do a great job getting those guys prepared. I'm very confident in our guys' the attention to details and the things that we've done over the bye week and even in this week for preparation for the game. Keith Hayward. All right, Coach Arroyo. First of all, with uh, Keith Hayward, this is a guy that you've worked with, you admire, you made multiple runs at him. Uh, it's, a, it's a really good story that you guys are back together again. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's, uh, I know Keith for a long time. Uh, we've, we've coached together. We've been in, been in a lot of, uh, a lot of dog fights together many years there. Um, and, and have been in, in, and spent a lot of personal, professional time getting to know each other, um, in an environment that's, that's high stakes and around a lot of time. He was my first call when, when we were going to take this thing and, and came down here. It didn't time up and second go around it did, man. Fired up. He's here and his family and, uh, he's making a, a big impact on the defense. You heard Coach talk about the experience of, you know, the quarterback and how focusing on what you do as a defense is, is kind of the priority preparing for a game like this. Um, but when you watch, when you cut on the tape that you have uh, of Jack Plummer and you, you realize how, how experienced he is and how mature he is as a player, what ways does that show up on film? And I, I think as a, from a quarterback perspective, what do you see in his game that shows you, okay, this guy's not easily rattled out there on the field? Well, I mean, the first thing you're looking for when you watch him to see – you know, obviously the maturity or the disposition of a quarterback in a, in a game or his, from, you know, I'll do it experience or non, 
or oh, none thereof is is kind of poised. You know, we want to see him in game. What, what, what's his? How's he in protection? Uh, is he dictating certain things? How's the command demand look on you know and, and what he's doing? Um, is he has does, does he anticipate well and does he know what's going on? Um, does it, how are his feet in the pocket under pressure? There's a lot of things you could tell uh, from a guy, and he's got he's obviously an, an older guy who's been who's been around uh, who's been around in, in some college football, and so you can see those things reflective in his game. Marcus Arroyo, radio show, Steve Cofield and Caleb Herring with the coach. We also mentioned Jaden Ott, who has uh, come out of the gates as a weapon you're going to have to stop, and I know you're very familiar with Jaden and his game. Yeah, Jaden's an explosive player, man. Good player that's, uh, that was highly recruited, and we know a lot about him. Um, young kid who's going to have a, a bright future in, in college football. This does uh, can get real be dynamic um, in a lot of ways, and so he's going to be obviously a guy we need to make sure we, uh, we contain. Was that was that a guy that you recruited? Well, we started recruiting him shoot when we were at the last place too. Like yeah. like uh, Keith said, shoot, we had him committed. We were up there before we left there, and then uh, on the way down here, we tried to keep him around, and he just had so many things going. To actually went from here to LA, um, and and, uh, and continued to finish high school out there, um, and then uh, and then and then took his career to uh, took his career to Cal. So I wanted you to talk about your ties to. Cal and you didn't grow up right next to Cal you know I think it was you said the other day about three hours away but I mean that is a school you are very very familiar with yeah I mean I grew up in Northern California Colfax is about three hours there up near uh, Lake Tahoe area uh, Truckee area um, so we grew up obviously in Northern California um, knowing all about you know the, the, the schools and pro teams in that area and uh, like we talked about before the Sierra Colleges of my day and stuff like that and then, uh, obviously when I was uh, and it got in the profession. I was in the Bay Area, um, and, and Coach Tedford was one of my biggest mentors, and, and, and spent a lot of time with him up there as I worked throughout the country and all levels uh, NFL with him and, and, and out, and uh, ended up coaching there and, and got a bunch of family in the Bay. And so, yeah, we, we, we've uh, we're, we're very familiar with the, with the Cal Cal area. Are you personally going to have some fans at the game? Yeah, I'll have some some of my family that's in that area that gets a chance to come down. Doesn't have a chance to get to many of the games. They'll they'll be they'll be there. So you know, you guys are all human beings. I mean, you can succumb to emotion sometimes. I don't know if you're going to get emotional about being around Cal, but we just mentioned Keith Hayward was there. Your inside linebackers coach was there. Uh, part of the conversation I had that will actually play on our podcast, you know, the All Access Podcast with Amani Trig Wright was, you know, he's an Oakland area guy. He's, uh, you know, a guy who's very familiar with Berkeley. So when you go to a place that players are familiar with or they're from or coaches had previous stops, how hard is it to kind of cram everything down and just get the job done? That's a balance. I don't want to be crazy and say, oh, you don't, you know, you can't think about those things. I think that you want to just limit them. Um, you can't play with emotion, you know, play with emotion, but don't let emotion play with you. And, and I think that's a big thing is just making sure you're, you got some people in the fans or you're back home or you're at a place where you've got some people um that can't be bigger than your job than the task at hand and uh i think we'll do a good job uh, i think in all facets uh managing and understanding what needs to get done we're on, we're on a work trip man and uh that, that's the bottom line so so with that in mind there's things and just talking about the the overlap with recruits and knowing guys from different stops do you feel that the college football community is now shrinking i think in, in this digital age and the way things are happening communications and transfers do you feel that that shrinkage in the community, I guess, is where like people are more familiar with people from various different stops? Do you think that's a benefit that you can take into into coaching and in, into this career? Uh, you know, it it is it's a small circle of, of of college football coaches and pro coaches and what we do. I mean, we're all you know you do this long enough, you're going to overlap with a ton of people. You're going to get into 
bumping around, you know, 20 years of doing it. And and every level, you, you're going to fall. There's not many games where you don't know somebody on the sideline. Definitely in recruiting, if you recruit at a high level and and uh, you're recruiting premier guys and, and, and they're recruiting your tail off, you're going to you're going to definitely going to cross trails with with some recruits and, and guys who are on the other squad. That really doesn't play into too, too much, I don't think, um, unless you're really spending a lot of time with somebody scheming and and uh, you have some real, real inside stuff. But it, it, the other side of that is they know that too. They're smart coaches and, and certain things like that can't pick up. So you can't put too much into that. It's uh, obviously some little things that you can pick up here and there. But other than that, there's definitely some crossover. Marcus Arroyo Radio Show is presented by Intermountain Healthcare. Hello, Las Vegas. Hello, sunset over the strip. Intermountain Healthcare is here to be part of your Las Vegas life, and they're here to help you live an even healthier one. Intermountain Healthcare, official healthcare partner of UNLV Athletics. We come back in just a few. A little more on prepping with a bye week and uh, avoiding over-prepping, if that's such a thing. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. Rolling on, Marcus Arroyo radio show here on a Wednesday. Game coming up this weekend, 1 o'clock kick, 12.30 with the pregame on ESPN Las Vegas. Learfield pregame with Caleb and Russ. Like I said, 30 minutes for the kickoff. Coach, I did want to ask you about something I heard you say during practice. Uh, as you were coaching the quarterback, I think it was last week, I noticed you coaching him on habits. And I heard you say something really interesting, and you're like, no, Pat Mahomes. And I think you were referencing their throwing motion and consistency with the throwing motion. Is that what you were getting at? Yeah, I mean, there's a there That's what I was referencing. We, 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 these guys sometimes get they understand that there's a fundamental piece that that needs to be developed before you go then get and work into certain deals, which we do practice. And that's some things are on the fly, and that's some things are, are, are arm angles or off platform or creating or kind of putting yourself in awkward positions there's those absolutely those those happen all the time in sports and so we do create those but there's also opportunities in practice that are directly connected to the fact that we want form and fundamentals developed so that you can work and go off of the right way to do it if you don't work on that and you work in purely off some other stuff there's really no home the homeland you know it's like there's no there's no groundwork for for everything else and so yeah, we were, it was, there was one opportunity. I do that. There's probably, I can't even measure what it was, but I probably do that once a day. Where I'm like, come on, man. And I'm not, not right. This ain't the period for that. Have you noticed, this is, this is interesting. Have you noticed, I, when I was coming up, it was all fundamentals. The quarterback camps, it was like correct motion. Have you noticed uh-huh. now with, with the Pat Mahomes, kind of the Steph Curry effect where now the game has started with some people, especially in the younger quarterbacks at the flashy arm angle throws, throwing off your back foot. Across the middle is, which is like, what well, no, no, when, not, when I was coming through the ranks. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that there's a, I don't want to pretend I'm, I'm some, you know, old school, archaic, just pure fundamentals. I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's uh, one way to think. I think the reality of it is, is, is arm angles, number one, I'm a believer in arm angles, they're are, are natural. I, I think that guys just have natural slot motions that you, that you're going to try to tweak and you can adjust, but you're never going to truly change and you've got to be able to evaluate those. And that's just my belief and haven't played the position and, and haven't coached it for so long and had the mentors I had that made me believe that. Um, and I think there's ways that you, you, you put guys in position to see what they can do. And I, I, I think that's a piece of it. You know, I just don't think you can like, I think you kind of framed a little bit there, Caleb. I don't think you can live in that world. I think that if you go back and, and really break things down, um, you do need to make sure that you're doing things fundamentally that, that create accuracy, that create timing, that create pace of ball and shape of ball in certain situations. Um, and they all require a little bit something different. I just, you know, if there's an opportunity to be on platform and have correct fundamentals, we want to do it. If there's a time where you've got to get off and create an arm angle and be able to throw 
you know, a higher, higher level ball or a different type of ball, then let's work that too. But make sure that we're, we're working on what we're trying to work on at that point. And I think that was probably the biggest thing, especially now I tell them, you live by the sword dog, so you go and create an arm angle out of nothing and you go miss a throw that's wide open. I'm going to be all over you now. There ain't no style points for throwing a check down, brother. You find them. And so, uh, I, I mean, there's, it's, it's fun, but, uh, just want to make sure that the fundamentals are, are something we fall to on a really foundational piece. Yeah, the coaching never stops with Coach Roy and the quarterbacks. But talking about going back a little bit to the bye week, and uh, there's mm-hmm. something that I was wondering because as a player, I felt sometimes that I would try to over-prepare. And I think one of the examples that comes to my mind uh, when I think about this is San Diego State's defense, where it was one of those things where Rocky Long, the way that that defense operated, mm-hmm. it was like a chess, it was a puzzle to try to figure it out. And in trying to figure it out, it, you know, there's things that would happen in the game where I just felt like I wasn't ready for it because I was so locked in and trying to overprepare for certain looks. Is there such thing now from the coach's perspective of maybe overcoaching, overprepping for a game, especially with, you know, the extra added week of preparation after a bye? There for sure is. I, I think with, you know, with more, <laughs> with more time and idle minds, you can get, you can, you can fill a whiteboard pretty fast. I, I, I'd be guilty of that early in my career, uh, probably as a player and a coach is, is, thinking you had more time and you just come up with more and more and more stuff and you don't, you forget to find fall back to your foundation and what you're really good at and what you hang your hat on. And um, we, there's a balance there. I think there's a balance to game planning and bye weeks and try not to overcoach and, and really staying true to who you are and what you're good at. And uh, I think over the course of the years, we, we've, I've done a better job of doing that myself and, and collectively within what we do. Last few minutes of the Marcus Arroyo radio show. We'll take a quick time out here. We'll come back with the, Coaches, look ahead and go a little uh, deep divey on the Cal Bears. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. The coach is here as we close things out on the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. Steve Cofield in for Russ, Caleb Herring as well. It's that time of the show that we introduce a, a new feature of the season, the Coaches Look Ahead, presented by Pueblo Medical Imaging. So in this matchup, what are you looking forward to the most? You know, we talk about chess matches uh, justin wilcox and his uh defensive mind uh, pretty impressive stuff right coach yeah they do a good job They've, justin's always done a good job um one of the one of the best defensive coaches that been around a long time him and uh him and coach sermon do a fantastic job on that side of the ball we've, we've been against each other for for a couple of different times and uh always does a fantastic job we, we got a great test i'm excited about it we talked about how you're able to compile maybe information based on previous stops have you do you feel like he got a pretty good handle on this is the same coach that he's been over the years that I've known him? Well, there's certain things. I think the one thing that we're that have hopefully made most of us successful as we continue to trend in this in this is the fact that you're not you don't always have the same team. And so you don't have the same team, you don't have the same guys, you may have the same culture, identity and certain things. And so you, you gotta be you know, manipulate kind of what you do is your approach. Um, I think they do a really good job of of knowing who they are, who they've got, um, and putting guys in position to to maximize their potential. And, uh, and so I think overall overarching theme of what guys usually do doesn't change very much. I mean, scheme wise, there's some things that are, that are, that's what they do. And here's their thoughts, but, um, based on personnel week, you know, year to year or week to week, whatever it may be, uh, you know, I think that there's uh, some things you're going to have to just do in game. And we've got one game of these guys with some different personnel they had last year. And, uh, we've got to make sure that we're, we're ready for the, the foundational pieces, but then any adjustments that they're probably they're adjustments that are going to happen. If you could put your finger on maybe the most important thing on both sides of the ball that you think is, is you need to take away from Cal, um, what would those things be on, on either side of the ball? 
you know, I just think we got to play. We got to take care of the football. We got to be able to create some takeaways. I, I challenged our, our group, to, our whole our whole program, and our guys this week to to do what I call do it again. And 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 that's on defensive. Can we tackle well? Can we create TFLs? Can we get the ball away? Can we do a good job stopping the run? Um, can we get off the field on third down on offense? Can we can we take care of the football? Can we have explosive plays? Can we pass protect well? Can we do a good job in a two minute? Can we create? Can we convert third downs? That's a challenge. That, that, that's that's gonna that, that's not a broken record. That's not cliche. We've got to do that at an elevated level versus a really good opponent on the road in, in the Pac-12. And I, I'm fired up for the challenge, man. I I want to talk about that psychologically from a preparation standpoint. This might be like outside looking in. I know inside the locker room is a different messaging maybe altogether. But when you look at that information and going on the road against a Pac-12, you know, Cal program that's been around forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a difference in the messaging where you're saying as a team internally, where you're saying either let's go shock the world because they don't believe we can get it done, you know, the underdog mentality versus the mentality that says we belong on this stage. We're good enough to compete at this level. Um, is that sort of a, a different messaging that you would maybe as pregame speeches or, or motivational talks, team meetings goes on that you kind of focus on as a coach? No, I mean, there's there's a balance there. I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't. I'm not a proponent of real demonizing people or 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 slandering things or making guys feel a certain way. I think there's small, delicate messaging in regards to doing things a certain way that may need to get done at a certain identity now um, and where we want to go. Um, and I think that that starts with going on the road and having guys understand you got to play and you got to you got to stack consistent games. And I think. Our guys are excited about the, the effort they put in and the, and, and the development they've had as a culture and a program to be able to say, we need to be a consistent football program. And to do that, we need to go on the run and win a road and play good football um, against anybody and, and, and go and, and let, the, let the scoreboard take care of itself in, in every facet. And I think that I'm excited that the guys have taken on that maturity and they've taken on kind of that mindset of ours. And does that mean we don't have a chip on our shoulder? No, don't, don't get it twisted. We're, I, I, I'm very, very well versed in, in, in the world we live in in regards to what expectations are and what people think of certain things. Uh, that's for another day. But um, I think going in there with a chip on our shoulder and a mindset that we've got to do good if we play good football, you got yourself a chance. Is is just the way we live and eat around here. It's a road trip for the Rebels at the Cal Bears. One o'clock start on Saturday. A live broadcast starts at twelve thirty with the pregame with uh, Russ and Caleb. I'll be down on the sidelines. Kickoff is again. One o'clock, and we should mention back home after that against North Texas. Want a big crowd out, and you can buy your tickets for North Texas at Allegiant at UNLVTickets.com. And we should point out, uh, I saw a tweet just a couple days ago. Dress like the best. Purchase a three-game mini plan. Receive a free Rebs hat. And then there's a photo of you in the Rebs hat. That's the crusty Rebs hat. The fans don't get that like that kind of hat, right? All all crusty and sweaty. Oh, hey, I, there, you got be weird stuff nowadays, man. You never know what people <laughs> might want. I got whatever you guys need. You want a used one? We got it. You want a brand new one and shiny with a sticker on it? We got that too, brother. Anything, anybody who wants to come out and come see our guys compete, man, you want to get on board, shoot, let's do it. We'll throw that in there. The Game Worn, Marcus Arroyo. Reps game out. Worn. There yeah. you go. By the way, on that hat, uh, people went crazy last year over your uh, running Rebels hats, both black and red. Did you design this hat? Did you come up with the idea? Because I don't think I've ever seen – uh, any design around UNLV, maybe Caleb can correct me on this, that just said Rebs, but, I mean, it's it's taken off. Yeah, we were messing around with some stuff, and, and one of the guys here in town that does some stuff for us has, has been awesome with, with hats and gear and stuff like that, and just designing some things that the players liked and things like that. It stuck out. You get a lot of you know stuff that says Go Rebs and stuff on it, and, and they ended up making a couple different things. And I put it on one day. I had one of them, and everyone started liking it. I think I, I was wearing it in the summer or something like that, and 
everyone's like, oh, can I get one of those hats? Where you get the hat? Where you buy a hat? I said, shoot, you, you might want to make some more of these down there. And, and it, uh, <laughs> it is what it is, man. Shoot, anything, anything for marketing, anything get our in our program out there, anything for our guys to like and our, our community and Rebels fans, shoot, let's rock, man. Yeah, short to the point. I can tell you, Steve, it, I haven't seen it before. This, so this is the first time I've seen it, and it did catch. It stuck, and no doubt. You know, I, I have a couple now myself as well, so it's a catchy one. All right, Coach. Great show today. Good luck in the game. We'll see you on Friday for the trip to Berkeley. Awesome. Appreciate you guys. Have a good day, man. There he is, Marcus Arroyo on the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. That'll wrap it up. Thanks for listening. Uh, every Wednesday, 6 o'clock right here on ESPN Las Vegas. You've been listening to the Marcus Arroyo Show, brought to you by Fenley Chevrolet. Fenley Chevrolet is your home of the Woo, located on the 215 Beltway between Rainbow and Jones. And by Dos Equis, a proud sponsor of UNLV Athletics. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the Rebel Sports Network.